Hello and welcome to Safe Travels. I'm your host, Damien. Safe Travels podcast is about finding expert advice so you can enjoy worry-free travel. Travel is changing this summer due to coronavirus. Instead of plane trips and cruises, people are simplifying their vacations and planning staycations, road trips, and a lot of RV dealers are reporting a huge jump in sales. If you are new to the world of RVing, today's show will be helpful to you. We'll be speaking with Gigi Stetler, who is the first and only female RV dealership owner in the country. She will share tips for staying safe and distance while RVing. She has tips for new RVers, mistakes to avoid, and advice on finding a good dealership. She will also discuss her side projects, including RVAdvisor.com, which has been called the Angie's List for the RV world. And she also has a 501c charity consumer association website, both of which support the RV consumer in many ways. Show notes will be available. Please visit our Twitter feed to find that. The Twitter handle is Safe Travels FM. I hope you enjoy this short discussion with Gigi Stetler. Gigi, thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, how are you today? Very good, thank you. Can you share a little overview of who you are, what you do? Sure, well... I am Gigi Stetler, and I guess people know me as the only female RV dealership owner in the country. I'm not sure if I'm still the only single female owner, but I was back in 1986 when I started. It's kind of a man's world, but I've navigated my way through. And I've been touted as a Geico's expert in the RV industry, and I've been in all aspects of it from the industrial side, the manufacturing side, to retail sales, service, warranty issues, insurance claims, service. I've been in every aspect of this industry, which basically makes you an expert when you've been on both sides of the coin from the consumer side to the retail side. So anyway, I and I enjoy what I do, and I have a passion for RV and RVing and just the whole experience, the outdoor experience and stuff. So it makes my job easy. That certainly covers every aspect of the RV world. How did you get started in this? It was an accident, actually. I was winding down the hotel business that I was in back in the mid 80s. And I kind of sold all the hotels and sold myself out of a job. And a friend of my mother's had purchased a piece of property and wanted to develop it. And that was kind of the direction I wanted you know, was was leaning towards in my career. I was in my young 20s at that time. And this property that he purchased had some RVs on it. And I didn't even know what RV, the letter RVs, I didn't even know what that stood for. I had no idea. And he says, can you come and sell these things, get them off the property so we can develop it. And it was an existing RV dealership that was kind of going under. I was brought there kind of the salesperson to sell them and get rid of them. There was a manager that stayed on when he acquired the property to wind it down. So I ended up selling a few vehicles and then taking a couple of trade-ins and then ordering a couple of units. And the next thing I knew, I was in the RV business. That's kind of how it started. It was 33 years ago. A lot of people use that expression, I sort of fell into it or by accident, but (laughs) that really is an accident. You accidentally (laughs) fell into this. Yeah. And then you launched another website or another side project, RV Advisor, which is referred to as the Angie's List in the RV industry. How did that come about? Well, for years, I actually, I'm an equestrian and I have managed to find my way of mixing business with pleasure and I compete. I'm a competitor in show jumping. So I do all the housing in RVs for horse show participants and riders like myself. So people, friends, customers and friends of friends of friends or whatever, they're always, always were asking me, you know, they live in Ohio or the California or the step. I want to buy an RV and my dealership's 
in Florida. They want to buy an RV. Can I recommend them? Or, you know, they want to rent something in another area. And, you know, they wanted me to recommend other dealers or where to go. And the few times that I did that, it fell on my face because, you know, dealers just, they're just not accountable. They don't care. They don't do the level of service that I do. And so then I had a problem putting my name on something and, and referring customers because I didn't have anybody to refer anybody to that, you know, I can hold accountable. So it was such a void in the industry that customer service it was so just, it's just awful. It's not almost non-existence after the sale. Nobody cares about the customer warranty issues. And it was just, it was just awful. So I thought, number one, I've got to find a way to match make RV buyers to consumers and find a way to hold dealers accountable and manufacturers accountable for quality control and stuff. So I did quite a bit of R and D testing and researching and, you know, there isn't anything like it out there. And I'm still struggling to certify dealers like Andy, list, you know, the contractors get certified and people go, you know, to uh, hire certified contractors. And that was the plan. But the dealerships were not wanting to be certified because they really can't. They don't care about their customer service. They don't care. Business is too good. So they didn't care. So I figured I would go the other way. And, you know, strength is in numbers and we're membership based and we're a non-biased platform. And the more members we have, the more power we have that, you know, when you're an RV advisor member and you walk into a dealership to buy some something. We have a whole legal team behind us that scrutinizes contracts and we will hold the dealer accountable. So anyways, that's how RV Advisor was born. And then just this year, which I, I've been waiting for our nonprofit status, rvaca.org finally reached its 501c status in January of this year. And that is a spinoff of the RV Advisor, which is our legal side where we want to stand beside the RV Industry Association and the RV Dealer Association. Now we are the RV Consumers association. So giving consumers a voice on everything from Lemon Law to RVs and needs. We do emergency housing. We have relief funds for people in distress and, you know, all sorts of things. So we're a nonprofit and we raise money to protect if a customer does fall into a lemon law trap or, you know, fires in California. We bring RVs. Right now we're providing uh, free RVs to healthcare workers to stay self-isolated or quarantined during this pandemic. So that's what we're doing through our foundation throughout the country. We're providing housing for healthcare workers. So that's where we are. A lot of people are trying to plan their summer travels right now. They're moving away from traditional plans, whether it's cruises or airline flights or resorts, things like that. And they're starting to look at road trips, and then that leads to RV. And I want to discuss with you if that is a good alternative for travel during COVID-19. Is it a safe way to travel while trying to social distance? I I actually believe it's the only way, you know, other than, you know, I mean, hotels are, are clearly impossible to be completely safe, even if they do all the disinfecting they can possibly do. Do. You know, you still have common elevator buttons and common areas and stuff like that. So if you think about it, I, I, I do truly believe that domestic travel is definitely what's going to happen this summer more than internationally. And I also believe that a lot of people are going to stay a little closer to home than what they normally would do. So RVing, I've, I kind of noticed a lot of change in people during this stay home orders and, and shut down. And, and I think that families have kind of come closer together. 
and in, in all aspects from their dining together now and they're just just things that they probably wouldn't ordinarily have done there's always been some kind of disconnect or distance and stuff so I think that with that said you know they've now you know spent so much time together that going in an RV in a small space and traveling and getting back to nature you know open space open air I think is is necessary for your mind right now and and camping is whether you go in a national park or a state park or in a private campground or a public campground, your worst case scenario on a even in a crowded campground, each RV is 25 feet away from the next RV. And then you've got, you know, an eight foot patio that you share and then it backs up to the back of the next camper. So for you to come in close contact with your neighbors is, you know, you don't have to see your neighbor. It's you know, and even in the common areas, or you have your own bathroom, your own kitchen, your own sheets, your own bed, your own everything. And if you did want to, you know, use the pool and things like that, uh, those are optional, but it's not necessary. Most campgrounds have their own grills. So you cook outside and you're, like I said, you're still 25 to 30 feet away from your neighbor at all times. And how much contact is required as you're either checking into campgrounds, moving about the country? How would you address that? Really none. I mean, now reservations are made online in the campgrounds. And a lot of the campgrounds, you don't even have to go inside to check in once, you know, you'll get like a code or a number or something like that. You print off your reservations, whatever, and you stick it in your windshield and, you know, you're told what site to pull in. And, you know, the ones that you do have to go in, some of the old fashioned ones that you do have to go in, you know, they're all making the CDC guidelines and, and requirements of, you know, whether they have a face shields or masks or whatever. We have so many road trip where you can map out your entire trip on your cell phone you can look at campgrounds, you know, 360 views of the campgrounds and you could see how much space is in between. You could see the amenities. You could see all the things. There's just so many things that you could do on your phone or your computer, you know, prior to mapping out your trip. So you can do as virtually no contact to as much as you're comfortable of doing. Would you expect that this next summer here is going to be a busy season for RVing with some new people getting on the road? This summer coming, you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yes. From what, just based on statistics and numbers and just about every travel related news reporting from CNN to every travel channel has predicted a surge in RVs, whether they're rentals or purchases. Just, I I think it, it kind of combined people from being so confined to all of a sudden wanting to explore the outside, which they probably, you know, normal circumstances going to work and doing all the things that they normally would have done, you know, have not really thought about visiting our beautiful sites and stuff. So I think that that and then figuring out how to get there, the conclusion was an RV. And with these extra crowds this next summer, are there any extra advice that you can give to people to handle the extra crowds? Because typically in the summer, national parks are busy, campgrounds can probably get busy. Do you have any extra tips that you can provide? You know, like even the national parks and stuff, the CDC number one advice is social distancing. And even as crowded as a national park could be, you're outdoors. And if you do wear face covering and have respect for whatever the rules of the park that you're in, no matter what, the national parks are, you know, thousands of acres. So it's, it's, you know, be smart, obviously, don't take the crowded tours if you're going to go into museums and stuff like that, you know, and kind of try to pick and choose what what suits you. 
I mean, if you look at the crowded beaches and, you know, RVers, the beach is not the most important thing. So it's, it's actually, you know, going to national parks or state parks and, you know, being at a river. There are so many ways to be safe and avoid crowds, you know, go, going to bigger parks. Yellowstone, if you were camping, you go into a different section of Yellowstone where, you know, where the RV section is. And instead of driving your car and walking in through the general public section, you're already on the safe side. And shifting away from coronavirus a little bit, I bet there will be quite a few new people at it this summer. Can you share some of your favorite tips for new RVers well, that are just getting into this? Yes. I mean, we've been experiencing in the last two weeks since we started opening, and we're experiencing so many newbies, we call them. And the biggest tip that I, I tell them, number one, rent something, even if it's just a weekend. The first thing you want to do is make sure that you like the lifestyle and do your homework and if you do want to buy, make sure you buy from your local dealer because the one thing in this business is service is always required. And whether it's maintenance or just lack of knowledge, things like that. So you need support. And that's where the RV advisor comes in, you know, be a member of the RV advisor because it's a non-biased platform, but it, it gives you all the tips for RVing 101, completely not trying to sell you anything, but just a complete non-biased platform make sure if you do buy an RV to register it with the RVACA so that we can keep you in tune with all the new recalls or any anything going on with your particular vehicle, stuff like that. But knowledge is key. And a lot of first-time buyers, we created the RV Advisor so that there's a platform for you to ask questions on the right purchase because you go to an RV dealership and that RV salesman only has one mission in mind and that is to sell whatever he wants to get rid of on the lot, whether it fits your needs or not. And that's an unfortunate thing, but it's kind of the same in the car business as well. So get educated, get knowledge, be armed with all of that before you sign on the dotted line. And I'm sure you've seen new RVers, newbies, as you say, make a lot of mistakes after they do get into the lifestyle. What are the ones that they make most often and how can they be avoided? Oh boy. Well, probably one of the biggest mistakes is they buy the wrong, if they're going to buy a, a trailer, they buy the wrong trailer that their truck can handle. So normally we'll buy something that's too heavy for them to tow and they have towing problems. If it's motorized and they buy a used one, they just, they don't look at the warranties carefully enough. They don't buy extended warranties. They should buy extended warranties. Sometimes they'll buy the wrong floor plan based on what the salesman told them they wanted. So they, a lot of times they just don't do their homework. They're so excited, you know, when they get there and they see something and then, you know, they don't look at the big picture of, you know, everything that it's supposed to do and everything they're supposed to get out of it. So homework is key. And are there any common misconceptions about RVing that you can help debunk? Well, some people are buying RVs right now to live in full-time, which is great. There's a lot of full-timers coming into this market. But I think that the misconception is that people think that, you know, buying an RV, you do that to save money as opposed to, you know, buying a house or renting an apartment and things like that. And that's a misconception because unless you're buying something very, very, very inexpensive, which you would then, you know, have repair problems or quality problems. But, you know, you have to put a pencil to the paper and do the math of what the campground's going to cost you year round, you know, the maintenance required on the RV, things like that. And if you're financing it, adding your payment into it and stuff like that, and actually do your homework and do the math to see if it is cheaper than, than renting an apartment or buying a house. And that people start off with that idea of saving money and it ends up 
not the case because of the area they're in, the campgrounds are more expensive than what they thought and they didn't do their homework. And, and you know, the other thing, you're going from a four or 5,000 square foot house and you want to downsize to an RV for a year or two. For the most part, people that have done it, I probably have seen maybe 1% of the people regret it that they did it. They might have done it for a year or two years and loved it. And it was absolutely fantastic transition period and they loved it. So it can go either way. But I think the biggest conception is of purchasing and not doing the math homework. Well, that's great. And do you have some sort of final, I call it a big idea, piece of advice that you'd like to give to those that might be trying this for the first time? Please be a member of the RV Advisor. It's $25 a year. And it's the best $25 you'll ever spend because it just has every tip. I mean, everything that I've written in there is basically from do you know to buyer beware to legal cases to tips and tricks and just all sorts of things that, you know, the knowledge, the whole point of this is knowledge is key. And you know, you've got to get that knowledge. You've got to learn what the industry is about. You know, you got to know these things before you dive in. Buying an RV, it's an expensive thing. It's probably the second most expensive thing that you'll buy in your life, you know, next to your house. So it's it, it's worth the investment to gain the knowledge. And I spend most of my time trying to get people out of situations and contracts and things like that. Had they had had the knowledge prior to them making their purchase and had some of my knowledge that I've got on my website, you know, they wouldn't be in that situation. So for newbies out there, absolutely best $25 you could possibly spend is to get that knowledge so that you're not behind the eight ball and then trying to figure out how to get out of it, out of a mistake. And in doing a little bit of research myself, I've noticed that there are a lot of brands and models and it gets very confusing. Is RB Advisor a good place to go to get information about specific brands? Yes, but you know, we're non-biased and we're not we're not here to do a product review, but what we do encourage is for you to buy local and get a relationship with your local dealer. So once you've narrowed down the floor plan that you want, don't be so obsessed with what manufacturer is manufacturing it because believe it or not, there's only really, I believe, seven manufacturers now and because they've gobbled up all of the other ones, but they're all under different brands, but owned by the same manufacturing company. So in each different price point, every manufacturer makes the same thing. So in the same floor plan. So what really is most important is if you buy local and you build a relationship and a trust issue with that dealer, and I would stick with the smaller dealers, you're going to have you know support for the entire time that you own that RV. So whatever brand you buy, whether there's one better than, than not, even if you bought the best brand out there, they all have warranty issues and stuff. And if you don't have anybody to stand behind you, it's no better than the worst brand that's out there. So establishing a relationship is key in this business. That's very helpful. Gigi, thank you very much. What is the best place where people can find you online? Where would you like to send them? TheRVAdvisor.com. And also, if you already own an RV, register your RV, go to the RVACA.org. That's our 501C and register your RV so that we can keep you in the loop of everything going on with your RV. That's great. Gigi, thank you. I think this has been very helpful for people that are thinking about this, new RV owners or people thinking about buying one or somebody that has tried it a little bit and would like to do it some more. So I appreciate it. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Have a great day and be safe. I hope you have enjoyed our conversation today. Remember, there will be show notes and links. You can find links to show notes from our Twitter page. Our Twitter handle is Safe Travels FM. I have a small favor to ask. This is a new show, and so far feedback has been great, but we could use a good boost. There are a lot of ways that you can help. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast player app. You can rate us on the Apple Podcast app. You can share it with friends. You can share it to social media. All of these things would help. I would really appreciate it. Thanks again. Safe travels.